Genre. It's Franchiseography, the podcast that digs deep into the entire filmographies of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. Today, we continue our miniseries on Twilight with the penultimate chapter of the Twilight Saga 2011's Breaking Dawn. Joining us to talk about weddings in the forest, honeymoons in Rio, and one of the most horrific birthing scenes in cinematic history is no one. It's just us. (laughs) Nice. I just like that intro. Yeah, no, it's good. It's a good intro. You should like it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so yeah, uh, unexpected difficulties. Uh, we had a guest schedule didn't work out. Um, but I'm I I think everything happens for a reason, Scott. Um, <laughs> this was the first Twilight movie that you would be watching for the first time. Yes, on the show. Yes. Uh, so so what were your kind of initial thoughts on your first viewing of Breaking Dawn Part One? I I regret the shit out of not seeing this in theaters. Um, this is the I, you know I'm a broken record at this point, but like this is the best one. Like <laughs> I feel the same way. Yeah, I was not expecting to like each one more as we got on. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is the best one. Uh, it is, I think, the most sort of um, what am I thinking of? Like uh, self actualized. Uh, right, I of, feel of, of the of the of the franchise. I think it's it's like the stakes are high, but not epic, mm-hmm. right? And and so they're like emotionally high more than anything else. Right. And it's a bunch of people talking in rooms, being broody. It's a lot of vampire shit, blood, crazy like monster shenanigans, like. It's just very low key in like it like like the the plot of this is very simple, right? Mm-hmm. But the emotions of it are so high and just so over the top. It's like everything I wanted this franchise to be from the beginning. Right, yeah. Like I don't know if platonic ideal is the right phrase, but just like I think self-actualized is really good where like it it feels like the first one that it's like the ultimate twilight movie. <laughs> yeah. Where Eclipse kind of sacrificed some of the swooning romance of the first two, um, I feel like this one this it really comes back in a big bad way in, in yeah. Breaking Dawn Part One. <clears throat> oh yeah, I'm also hella impressed with how much this feels like a complete movie. 
Like it's yes. this does not feel like Breaking Dawn part one. This feels like a movie called Breaking Dawn and the next movie should be called something else. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. That's also something that I think I wasn't ready for um, is how much, you know, when you look at this was very much the product of its time. This was the year after uh, Deathly Hallows part two grossed like a billion dollars. Right. Right. And was the highest, you know, was the hot top hotter that came out. Right. Um, but compared to like that movie and even like Mockingjay part two or Mockingjay yeah. part one, yeah. I just think, like you said, yeah, I think this is, does a much better job of, this feels like a complete story. Yeah. So I will say, I will say, I think Deathly Hollows part one feels like a complete movie, but then Deathly Hollows part two does not. Deathly Hollows part two just feels like this season finale, you know, like, like, it, like one long action scene. Totally. Yeah. Um, which is what makes that slightly less satisfying to me as a film. Um, whereas like, this, I mean, this one, it does feel like a film. I'm very curious about next week about like whether that feels like a complete film or if it feels kind of like the battle of Hogwarts to me. Right. Cause but, I only uh, remember one thing about breaking dawn part two. Oh, wow. Okay. And and it's the thing that we all, we all, even you kind of have, have, have heard about. Right. Right. You know? Right. I remembered nothing else. So I'm really excited about that one. Yeah. Um, um this, but yeah, this fucking rocked i i, I really <laughs> yeah I had, a, I had a great time with this uh you know so i'm i'm excited how was your revisit uh really really great i i just you know in doing the research leading up to rewatching the movie i just developed such a strong respect for bill condon mm -hmm. and the way he handled coming in this late in the game yeah um this fucking I, guy loves bride of frankenstein Oh, loves it. Can't get loves enough it. of it. Do <laughs> you remember when he was going to make one? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And before this, he did the movie about Gods James and Monsters. Whale. Yeah. Gods and Monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, just love I love how he, he snuck it in and it felt so organic. Yeah. For a second, I was like, I was like, oh, he's like watching <laughs> in that scene. I thought he was like, in a like a throwback theater, like watching. And I was like, oh, no, this is like a new release. Oh, oh, oh he's oh. in the, okay. He's in like a yeah. grand old movie house. <laughs> right. It took me a second, but yeah, that was really uh, that was really fun. I was like, "Good for you, Bill Condon." You know, you got yeah. a favorite movie, and you're gonna you're gonna fucking oh. throw it out there every chance you get. It would make sense. Yeah, would it be weird if he was like in the '90s and watching Gods and Monsters? <laughs> <laughs> it would make a lot of sense that Edward was turned in the '90s, though. Right. Wow. He, yeah, he feels like a '90s teenager. <laughs> That would that would that could be a fun uh, a AU or fanfic is like what if you know how like they age up the Simpsons now where like Homer was a teenager in the nineties yeah if they're like how would this be different if Edward wasn't a hundred yeah yeah we'll see uh so yeah I I remember seeing this in theaters but like not very vividly like I remember moments like I saw this with a big crowd opening weekend so like I remember big moments getting laughs and big moments getting shrieks of the surprise and terror yeah um. But yeah, like like yeah, just very impressed by this. Can't wait to get into it. But um so Scott, there was and listeners, there's a part sometimes in franchises. Sometimes it's only a day, sometimes it's an entire season where even the things have been going at full speed ahead and everything seems to be ship shape. There's a pocket in time where everyone involved is like, "Oh shit, what if we don't do this? Is this not going to happen? Are we not going to make Breaking Dawn?" Whoa. Um, there was that period in the Harry Potter movies between like four and five where like the kids contracts were up and like there were rumors that one of them, some of them wanted to leave or didn't want to finish out. And it was like, That's oh, shit. Right. Yeah. yeah it's, it's weird to think about now. But yeah, like, where they were like they were like, I think uh, I, I think the big one was um, 
Emma Watson, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Emma Watson was like, I don't know. Maybe get another Hermione. Like, I'm busy. Oh. Yeah. Got shit going on. Didn't they stick together like the like the friends from Friends where they were like, I, no, I think, no, we're all going to make the same amount. And like, I think they did. I think yeah. they did express solidarity. I don't I don't think like Daniel Radcliffe made significantly more than the other two. That's cool. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what you love to see. Yeah, for sure. Because like they were all three. On, I mean, yeah, one's the title character, but they were all three total unknowns. Yeah. Yeah. I don't uh, think that happened here, though. Right. They all got different paychecks. Oh, God, that's a big blind spot on my end. Yeah. Is, if is, I remember correctly, I think I think um Taylor Lautner made like a lot considerably less. Oh, I'm than, sure. Than uh the other two. This whole uh, series has just been them just dicking him over yeah. and it's I mean you, you never hear about I don't know. I don't want to get too like tinfoil hatty. You know, okay. Well, you know, it, it was it was it was a hard shoot for everyone. The elements were not on anyone's side, even during this one. Mm-hmm. It just feels like every time they're like the wolf people, they don't wear any clothes. Yeah, and they're always on the beach, and it's always like forty degrees, and there's always a hurricane coming. Yeah, because they made like a decision to release all of these in like November or whatever, and right. and if they're going to release them in November, they yeah, need to film in the spring. To, yeah, they need to like film. Yeah, yeah, the spring, at, spring. The, at the at the latest, latest. at the absolute Absolutely. latest. You know. Yeah. Um. And so, like, yeah, that's it's going to be the same shit every time. <laughs> Um, so with that being said, you know, I actually, in my research, didn't find any evidence of any of the principal cast, uh, looking for the exit door. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, quite the opposite. It seemed like they were all, especially Kristen Stewart, uh, really excited and hungry to bring these stories, these final chapters to life and film stuff that they've been waiting for since 2008. And also, I mean, could you imagine being Kristen Stewart? Or or uh, uh, Robert. Robert Pattinson, yeah. and just doing your indie movie thing after this, and then being asked every time, "Hey, do you oh. think you'll ever get around to doing Breaking Time?" That's true. They were like, "Let's get it over with." Let's <laughs> yeah, fucking burn it down, yeah. please. Because I I do definitely think they were over the machine. Yeah, the you know the paparazzi, the the speculation, the yeah. the, the 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 carnival show, right. But I think I, I was actually pretty surprised, especially Kristen Stewart, who I, I will talk about a lot this episode, uh, just fucking bringing it. And, yeah. Uh, but that being said, there was some trepidation and it was on the part of screenwriter Melissa Rosenberg. Mm-hmm. She wasn't sure if she wanted to write Breaking Dawn. Oh, uh, she was just starting to feel like the weight of her schedule for the past few years was starting to weigh on her um, between like running Dexter and writing these at such a fast pace. And there was also a creative dispute between Rosenberg and Stephanie Meyer. Oh. Um, details were vague in the official stuff that I read. Uh, there was a conference. There was a disagreement over a quote key confrontation, where uh, Meyer wanted no bloodshed in this confrontation, and Rosenberg was like, "Then they're just talking. Um, this is a movie. There needs to be some conflict." And she was like, well, I don't want any bloodshed. And so it got to the point where Meyer uh, Rosenberg was like thinking about leaving. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to come back. Um, what confrontation? That's the thing is I really tried to look up details. And like, I was like, is it the birthing scene? Because apparently the book is very bloody. Yeah. And very gruesome. So yeah. I'm wondering if it was like a werewolf fight or the wolf fight confrontation. With the vampires? With yeah. the vamps or the, the wolves arguing with each other. 
Right. Because uh, it's not a very confrontation-heavy story. Well, there's a lot of confrontation, but it is a lot of bloodless conf- confrontation. Right. So I'm wondering if if she won, ultimately. Right. Yeah, and that's true. So in any event, uh, Rosenberg was like, I'm, I have no, I know they can replace me. I'm the writer. I have no illusions. Um, but for whatever reason, Summit and Stephanie Meyer decided to make one last attempt at keeping Rosenberg. Um, so one night, the two met at a Vancouver steakhouse and talked it out. Uh-huh. And a compromise was made. Um, it's on, you know, like, yeah, like you said, Scott, there's not a lot of blood in any of the battles. So I'm guessing Rosenberg maybe just conceded. Yeah. Um, she would finally, you want to know my guess, please. Okay. My guess is that the compromise was that if you keep all of the other confrontations largely bloodless, it's just going to make the birthing scene that much more shocking. That's very true. That's a good Which point. Which I think would make a g- great argument. Like, that would sell me. I'd be like, oh, fuck, you're right, actually. Yeah. That, that's, and it's, it's true. It's true. Like, not to jump ahead, but, like, that moment where Rosalie's hand is covered with blood is, like, yeah. very effective. Yes. Yes. I mean, Absolutely. that whole moment. It's, it's such a diving in moment for the series. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But uh, so Rosenberg stayed on. She left Dexter in October of 2009 mm-hmm. and uh, turned in both scripts in June 2010. Holy shit. <laughs> right. Uh, so, so like I said, like I, I totally, so much has been said about like the, the dividing books, the final chapter in the two volumes. Yeah. And the kind of more cynical like aspect of like, you know, oh, it prolongs the box office life and more money. And I definitely don't think that's not true. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think it was part of the discussion, but I think Rosenberg and Bill Condon both make good arguments as to why dividing the final book into two movies made creative sense mm-hmm. um and mo- and so like uh they had been trying to get bill Condon for a while for the other movies but it never worked out and then finally they were able to land him for this first one uh he said his number one reason was he wanted to collaborate with Kristen stewart on this final book i feel like cat catherine hardwick aside sure i feel like he is the guy they should have had the whole time. I definitely think if Hardwick nails the like awkward teen indie love story. Yeah. Um, uh, Condon better than Slate or White's with respect really nails the, uh, he, uh, Condon even called it this a romantic melodrama. Yes. Yes. And he adds an element, a Gothic element to it mm-hmm. without sacrificing Twilight's sort of identity. As a franchise? Right. The way Eclipse kind of did. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Where, was, where it's like, look, we're not just a love story. Like, look, there's action. And it's like Buffy. Right, and this guys? Is like, no, we're making Gone with the Wind. This yeah. is like a sweeping, swooning, you know, Prince of Tides, you know. And Hell yeah. So so Rosenberg <laughs> and Condon uh, collaborated on the script. At one point, Rosenberg offered Condon to write a draft. Um, oh. He, he won an Oscar for writing Gods and Monsters. Right. And Rosenberg was like, I feel lucky to have you. Do you want to draft? And Colin was like, no, like I'm the director. You're the writer. My job is to help you write a better script. Here's the thing about that, too. That's <laughs> right. that's so amazing. Like that's that's so fucking amazing. First mm-hmm. of all, that he would do that um, after being offered. But like mm-hmm. it's also a thing where it's like he knows that if he does a draft, he will then share writing credit. And then make money on residuals and all of that shit. And it's just like, why would I take that away from you? Like, right. 
you're, you're you, you then I'm I'm halving your paycheck is what I'm doing if I write a draft. It's very true. Yeah, totally. It's like, like I'm already the director. I don't need that. You know. Yeah, and like and you're you, and like you've been steering the ship since part one. You've written all of these. Um, that's so, so goddamn respectful. That's really cool. Yeah, there's a lot of classy moves from him uh, throughout this story. Uh, so they got to work right away on the script. They were like back and forthing, and you know, Condon was really involved with the story process. And they came to the the story, and they were like, "Oh man, Breaking Dawn Part One is all Bella's third act. Mm-hmm. It's it's the wedding, it's the honeymoon, it's 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 sleeping with Edward for the first time, pregnancy, and birth. Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot, and it's all Bella." And they were like, what a cool, like fans have been waiting for stuff like the birthing scene and the honeymoon and the wedding for years. They didn't want to just speed through that to get to the big battle at the end. So they were like, part one is an opportunity to really return to Bella's POV and wrap up all of these arcs and all of these questions that Bella's been having for, you know, three, four movies. And then we end it and part two can be its own thing. And uh, so, yeah, and like that kind of became the through line. And I think that really shows in the movie. Yes. It really does play like Bella's story. Yes. Uh, um, and, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and like, they, it's such a smart way to do it, you know? Right. Yeah. And like, uh, he met with the actors individually about like, hey, what are you, where are you at? What are you feeling? Like, what have you always wanted to do with this character? And we'll get into individual stuff um, as we do the walkthrough. But uh, in Condon's words on the director's commentary, uh, Stuart was like the ultimate Twihard. And was like lobbying for moments like, no, we need this line. They're going to want this line or I need this moment needs to happen. We have to have this like, you know, confrontation or this look and stuff. And wow. Condon listened to all of it. And I think it reminds me a lot, Scott, of our episode on uh, the Wolverine with James Mangold, where this person like just dived into this world that wasn't his from the beginning and just really had a lot of respect for it and wanted to elevate the material yeah. instead of like apologize for it. Or, you know, was like, you know, a fan of it. Yeah, yeah. Can we can we talk about Bill Condon for a second? Because sure. like just like his career is something I find really interesting. Do you know what his directorial debut is? Uh oh yeah, it's like a crazy horror sequel, right? Yeah, Candyman, Farewell to the Flesh. Yes. Yeah. Nineteen ninety five. Um, that's so crazy. And like, you know, he was he was a he was a screenwriter before that. You know, mm-hmm. he wrote a bunch of stuff, um, didn't really direct too much. Um, oh, I guess he directed a movie called Sister, Sister in 87, but no, then he like didn't the really direct anything. From, yeah, not the show. Um, and, then, and then he didn't really direct anything until that Candyman sequel um, wow. outside of like some TV. Uh, but then, you know, you have Gods and Monsters and obviously he wrote Chicago. Directed and then, Chicago. Yeah, wrote and directed. Oh, like, no, no. Gary Marshall directed. Not you're one of the that guy. Yeah, yeah, but he wrote Chicago, um, yeah, and then uh, and then wrote and directed Kinsey and Dreamgirls. Then did that uh, like that Jonas Brothers music video, right? Yeah, those concert movies. Remember those? Yeah, yeah. Um, he or did was a it concert or a music video. It's a music video. Fly okay, with okay. me. I think okay. it's a music video. Um, there, there's something he did that's called Tilda that has Diane Keaton and El- and Elliot Page in it. Wow. Do you know about a powerful Hollywood journalist and an upstart creative assistant? Was this no. like a was this like a pilot that didn't get picked up? It says it's a TV movie. That usually means it's a pilot. It's a pilot. Oh, yeah. I think I remember reading about that in Slash Film. Yeah. And I was like, Elliot Page is working again. I have to see it. 
Yeah. God, the idea of a pilot starring Elliot Page and Diane Keaton directed by Bill Condon not getting picked up the series <laughs> yeah. is insane to me. Uh, um, yeah. But, you know, uh, Pattinson remarked in the in the, the making of book that like uh, that, you know, the fact that he directed Candyman, he Condon like loves genre. Yeah. And really embraced the horror aspects of, of this book in particular. Yeah. Oh, man. But in a romantic way, his favorite movie is Bride of Frankenstein, not like right. Nightmare on Elm Street, you know? Sure, sure. And, very and romantic so, horror. yeah, yeah. And so it's very, it's, it, it is horrific, but it's done in such a classy way, you know? For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like really cool. Um, and of course, he directed the Beauty and the Beast remake, the live action remake, which right. a lot of people really don't like, but I think is fine. Yeah, I think it's fine. I don't. Uh, I, I I watched the Lindsay Ellis video about why it's bad, and like I. But yeah, like when I I've, I've rewatched it actually like once or twice in the years, and it's like it's, like, yeah. it's fun. Maybe just like Emma Watson. Yeah, it's not bad. He's worked with uh, he's worked with McKellen like three times. He directed a movie called Mr. Holmes. Yes, that I really enjoyed. Yeah, Mr. Holmes with him. That was the that was the second time they worked together, and then they just did The Good Liar together. Yeah, with uh, Helen Mirren. Yeah. Um, do you know? Do you know what his next movie is? It's not uh, Bride of Frankenstein. No, it's not. Unfortunately, what, what is it? I wish it was. Oh yeah, he wrote Greatest Showman. I forgot about that. Whoa. Um, uh, no, his next movie is called Marley, and it's a it's a prequel to um, a Christmas Carol about oh, Jacob that's Marley. So cool. Yeah. God, I would love to see a Bill Condon Christmas movie. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Also, really Bill Condon. Honestly, it's cool that it's it's Jacob Marley. Like that's going to be like fun, and it's probably going to be like recreating a lot of the same like Christmas Carol stuff yeah. iconography. But like him just doing a Christmas Carol, the mix of romanticism of Christmas and the horrificness of like this the guy ghost. being haunted yeah. by these ghosts in his past, mashing those together. That's like Bill Condon could make like the platonic ideal. Christmas Carol. Yeah, absolutely. For like, for uh older audiences, not like uh, cuz obviously Muppet Christmas Carol is the platonic ideal Christmas absolutely, Carol. Yeah. But, you, but know. If you know, if you if you wanted if you tried watching that weird uh uh remember the that weird FX, FX one? one? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was uh was it Stephen Knight? Yeah, you watched it and you were like yeah. don't don't watch it. Oh god. Yeah, it's, too bad. it's a it's a fucking bummer. Um, so <laughs> the the first call that Condon made after securing the directing job was uh, Twilight composer Carter Burwell. Mm -hmm. Burwell had worked with uh, uh, Condon a couple times, including Gods and Monsters, and he was like, "I want you to come back." And uh, you really, I I didn't realize how much I missed Burwell's score um, until watching this movie because he brings back a lot of like he brings back Bella's Lullaby, and it's really emotionally effective. Yeah. Um, and Wick Godfrey was like, we want to go out on a bang. So they really looked, sought after like the top artists in the industry for this final couple of installments. Uh, uh, returning champ Guillermo Navarro would return as DP. Mm. So that's pretty cool. But uh, from where? From which movie? Uh, from he, he he shot Eclipse. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And then he's Del Toro's DP. Oh, right. This looks way more like a Del Toro movie than Eclipse did. Oh, yeah. Like the Reds and the. Yeah. It's yes. much more like Rich. Um, mm -hmm. Eclipse was a little bit fro a little frostier. Frost. It kind of desaturated almost. Yeah. Like the first yeah. One. Yeah. Um, Michael Wilkinson, uh, the costume designer of 300 and Watchmen would do the costumes for this. I, I, you know, I said this while I was watching it. I was really impressed with the costume design in this one. And yeah. not, not just like 
the obvious stuff, like her wedding dress and things mm-hmm. like that. But like just the outfits everybody was wearing, like when they're on their honeymoon and just like the outfits that they're wearing. I'm like, yeah, These really are not cool. Like they look yeah, cool. Yeah. And they kind of <laughs> they use the costumes to really show different aspects of the characters than we've seen. Yeah. Like, it's cool seeing Edward in like linen and like yeah. chinos. Yeah. And yeah. Jacob's wearing like plaid and like he's dressing more mature. He's not wearing like the cutoffs anymore. Yeah. And like, because I was like half expecting when he shows up at the wedding, I was half expecting him to like show up in like a shirt with the sleeves torn off or some like shit. A, t- a tuxedo shirt. Yeah. A tuxedo yeah. t shirt with the sleeves torn off. <laughs> hey, Bella. Yeah. This is a mistake. Shouldn't do. <laughs> and uh, John Bruno, who worked on the visual effects for Avatar, would supervise the visual effects here. Yeah. Nice. And. Yeah, I can't wait to get into the walkthrough. But yeah, that, that's about it that I that I have in terms of behind the scenes stuff. All right. Well, um, you know, we start off with uh, everyone getting a wedding invitation. Yes. Yes. And specifically, the first thing that we get is um, a uh, some VO of, of Bella talking about giving up childish things. Right. And as she is saying this, Jacob <laughs> yeah. gets the invitation, throws it on the ground, and runs into the woods while taking his shirt off. Has like a little tantrum. Yeah, he has a little tantrum. I just, I love, like when that happened, I was like, oh, Bill Condon gets it. He knows. He knows. He knows, he knows what this is. He and he's like, up. he's embracing it and leaning into it. And like, it mm-hmm. it absolutely, I it rolls. I love it so, so much. So in the extended edition for this that was on the Blu-ray, uh, there's only a couple of big differences, but one was there was a cold open before the Breaking Dawn logo. Whoa. And it's actually really weird. So it's okay. it's exactly like the mid credit scene where it's a, a, a woman that works for the Volteri comes into the office with the wedding invitation. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, oh, did they get invited to the wedding too? Yeah. And, and, and Michael Keaton or Michael Sheen's like, oh, Edward and Bella are to be married. That's nice. And then he like kills the woman who gave them the card. And there's like a huge pile of bodies, like tourists. Yeah. And, and then it's like, and then the Bella VO and then the, the, the movie. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, it's kind of cool how they save him in the theatrical cut though. Yes, it reminds me a lot of um, the Patrick Willems um, Matrix video, like where he like rewrote the Matrix sequels and he saves um, he saves Agent Smith for the mid credit sequence of Reloaded. And you're like, you don't have him the whole movie. And then he shows up at the end and you're like, oh, shit, Agent Smith is back. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah. No, that would have fucking ruled. And so that's what this reminds me of. And it's the right choice. It's correct. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just such a I really uh, I really like this opening. It just feels so like like a good storyteller is handling like, yeah, just like showing placing, reminding who's on the board and how they're all reacting differently to like the same thing, which is Edward and Bella's wedding invitation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it is interesting. I love the idea that Charlie found out about the wedding from the invitation. That's oh, what I was man. imagining happens. <laughs> He's like just sitting at the table having an existential crisis staring at this wedding invitation. I was like, did he know that they were engaged or is this him finding out? I wouldn't put it past Bella of like, "Oh crap, I forgot to tell Charlie." Uh, oh, he's uh, getting an invite. Yeah, he's getting an invite. <laughs> I haven't seen Bella in a few weeks. Oh, I'm getting married. Oh. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll talk about Charlie because he, he's in fine form. 
Um, oh boy. But yeah, and then we see uh, uh, Bella trying on the the heels, the shoes. Yeah, apparently she's never worn heels before, which is like that's that's it. a that's a real like um, I'm not like other girls. Yeah, sexy and doesn't know it like vibes. Sure. Yeah, like big time. <laughs> Uh, what I could have done with is while she was trying on the heels, if we had some just good old fashioned Bella, Mrs. Magoo, like Pratt Falls. Yeah. If she yeah. like, whoa, and like slid what into was, the. Yeah, yeah. What was the, what was the, um, was it a movie or a show where the character is getting married and somebody brings her fancy chucks? Wow. I can't think of that, but I can't think of why it wouldn't be Twilight. That's perfect. Yeah, they like somebody. It's like it's like she's like wearing. She, I guess she like wear. It's something where she wears chucks all the time. Yeah, and then at her wedding, she's like gonna wear heels, and she's struggling. And then somebody is just like, "Hey, I got you a wedding gift, but I want you to open it now." And then they open it, and it's like these fancy bejeweled chucks. And she's like, "Oh my god, they're perfect!" Oh wow, new girl. Does the new girl ever get married? No, it wasn't new girl. I feel like it was a movie. It reminds me of uh, Pretty in Pink. Yeah. And when Ducky's like, look, I wore my Converse. And Andy's like, I'm not going to have sex with you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't remember what that's from. Somebody somebody out there is hearing this and knows exactly what that's from and is screaming at it. And we're going to hear about it later. But yeah. Um, I guess I don't know when I want to talk about the wedding because it's like a lot. Well, okay. So so here's what I have. Uh, So so. Before we get into her, like, trying on, like, like the, the getting her hair and makeup done, right? Mm-hmm. We get this scene where Edward is explaining his origin. Yes. Um, so where this he is was of... a vampire vigilante. Right. Uh, and then this is where the Bride of Frankenstein scene happens. Yes. So this was the result of early conversations between Condon and Pattinson um, as the screenwriting process was happening. Uh, Condon was like, hey, what? what's what's left for you with this character what do you feel like hasn't been explored in the other movies and he was like pattinson was like you know i've been playing this aspect of edward since the first movie um his guilt of having killed x amount of people um whether they were good or bad edward just feels a lot of guilt over like murder and so i've been playing that fear and that guilt but we've never shown it in the movies so like i'm just stuck with it can we finally explore this? And so it turns into this really beautiful scene where Pattinson Edward shares like what he thinks is the worst part of himself, the ugliest part of himself. And Bella accepts it. Yeah. It's like, that's okay. And so what happens? That's okay. They deserved it. It's fine. They deserved it. Yeah. (laughs) And so what happened then was both Pattinson and Edward were able to move on. Mm -hmm. And Pattinson was able to start playing different shades of Edward and bringing more of himself to the role. If you notice, Edward's a bit more like bright and like uh, laughing and smiling than he is. Yeah. And it's because he felt like, oh, cool. I finally, the audience finally understands. And Edward was finally able to absolve himself of this. And now I can find new aspects of the character the way Kristen's been able to do. Yeah, that makes sense. It's really cool. It, it's good. I wish there was more to it, but I guess right. it's, it's so simple that I don't know what, more would look like really yeah it's uh, him more people yeah 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 so like i but i i really like it i like the idea of it and again in the uh the uh re-adaptation of this as a tv series i mean this would oh, be that would episode. be a great episode yeah you know how like you would show like uh don draper before like the war 
Yeah. And it's like what he was like before and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Anyway. Yeah. It's a gorgeous scene, too, when they, they flash back to the 30s. It's good. Um, yeah. No, it looks great. Um, and Edward with red eyes is very striking. Uh, right. A yeah. striking image because you're not used to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that look for him. And also, um, once again, I mean, you sent you sent a joke about this uh, from the commentary back when we did Eclipse. We didn't bring this up on the show. But there's that moment in the commentary where he jokes around about, like, she's like, how did you just appear in the truck? And he's like, I'm Batman. And it's like, oh, right. shit, what? he really is. But, like, <laughs> once again, this is, like, the most, like, Batman Edward ever is. is right. In yeah, this sequence. Like, you don't know what I really am. I've done things. And yeah, yeah. It's like, no, they were bad people. Yeah, yeah. They're still people. <laughs> Yeah, because if you think about it, like the skin of a killer line, that's what he's referring to. Right. But like, we don't know about that. We just I, like, was he talking about the deer? Right. That he has to hunt. <laughs> the deer that he equa- the deer he eats and equates to being a vegetarian. <laughs> right. We're vegetarian. We just feast on venison and carrots <laughs> and cows. Just live animals. The cuter, the animals. better. That's the yeah. that they're tastier that way. Yeah, the meat's softer the younger they are. <laughs> oh, God. You know. Oh, no. Um, anyway. Yeah, so that's that, That's some good flashback stuff. I really like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then B- Bella has that red wedding dream. Right. In which she... It's a really well art-directed dream. Like, I, I love the way that it looks. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the way that everyone is wearing white. But imagine going to a wedding where everyone is wearing white to make the bride as least special as possible. <laughs> like... Yeah, that's a real Bella's subconscious creation. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this is done practically. Like, they're all actually... They all showed up one day and, like, formed a big bloody pile. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Um, man, I bet that took forever to set up. Yeah. And like you can barely see most of the people. Yeah. Like because yeah. the, the friends, the students are at the base of it. Yeah. Are so, they in the next one or was that it? Is Are they I done? I genuinely don't think they are. Wow. Oh. They don't even get a goodbye. Like it's just like. I, I think the wedding is like the goodbye for Stop being of in this franchise. Um, you know, it kind of, I meant to bring this up last week with, uh, with Shania, but it kind of is weirdly reverse. It feels realistic in that sometimes when you have friends that get married, you like never hear from them again. Yeah. And they shut true. off ev- everyone that isn't their partner. That is true. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie okay. finds the graduation caps. Yeah. And he thinks it's fucking weird. Um, her mom thinks it's cute and cool. That shot of him just staring at it. It's like, just, just fucking, what does this mean? These people. Cause he still doesn't know they're vampires, right? He doesn't know all of his friends are, is either a vampire or a werewolf. Yeah. He's just surrounded by horrific creatures and he is dense, de- destined to become a Frankenstein or some shit. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it, he's like that one person in vampire diaries who like never becomes magic. I guess he's like Xander. Yeah. He's the Xander. The best possible Xander. Yeah. No, I think you're right about the the Vampire Diaries. That's more of the tone that he would belong in, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I understand um, they, like, cut through parents, like, paper on that show. Yeah, they do. That's um. true. Um, <laughs> somebody's parent dies every season, for right. sure. I really, man, the moment where Rosalie offers to do Bella's hair, like, really hit me. Yeah! Yeah. In general, uh, she's kind of great in this one. Like, once she, like... She's sort of gotten over the fact that Bella's going to like vamp herself. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, okay. Like, 
<coughs> she's yeah, well, like let her moment. guard down, sort of, you know. Right? Yeah. Like there's in that scene, there's that moment where she's uh, Bella's like, "Wow, you're gonna do my hair," and she's like, "I don't hate you. I just don't." And it's like, "Oh, you 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 hate my blatant disregard for mortality." <laughs> yeah. She's like, "Yeah, yeah, exactly." <laughs> It's fine. I'm over it. <laughs> Whatever. You're in the. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you some nice hair. Uh, uh, and yeah, like it's it's all. I I really like. I think they're able to take their time with these moments. Like mm-hmm. you know, uh, Renee coming in and seeing Bella with her makeup and the the family heirloom. And yeah, Bella's like, oh shit, they're talking about kids, and that's not going to happen for me. I I was wondering about the fair the the family heirloom because I was wondering like. Was that something that was set up prior to this book and they just didn't adapt it into the movie because they didn't know it was going to be important? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Like some of those stuff in Harry Potter. Yeah. Because it really does feel like we're supposed to know about this. Yeah. (laughs) And instead it just feels like, hey, remember when this has always been a thing? Oh, sure. Of course, dad. Like (laughs) (laughs) Like in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, you had like the Garfinkel ring. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, oh, shit, that's a big deal. (laughs) Right. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so that's happening. And then the, she, I, I think it's so funny when she first steps out of like the patio door, right Mm -hmm. out in toward like her walk down the aisle. Right. Right. She steps out. No music has started playing, but someone notices her in the audience, like having turned around and is looking back and sees her mm-hmm. and stands. And then everyone else just sort of ominously stands. <laughs> yeah. It's very ominous. Like it's it not, <laughs> it's not yeah. a good time. It's not and, celebratory. <laughs> and that walk, Condon was like, we have to slow time down. Yeah. This is a big deal. Stewart is like, I've been waiting for this scene for like three years. Yeah of like guts going through her head and the anxiety and like the dress, the slow reveal of the dress and the wedding. Oh, and yeah. so, uh, yeah, they just, uh, so the theme of the wedding, the production decided on was midsummer night's dream. Mm-hmm. They, they realized that the forest plays a big part in the whole series really in different ways. Sure. So like, it'd be cool if the wedding appeared to be coming out of the forest. Yeah like hyper real like the benches appear to be just like coming out of the ground yeah it's it's raining flowers it's beautiful it, it really is and what's crazy is this is the second wedding they designed in this movie because the dream wedding is a whole other wedding they designed right yeah just one after the other yeah wow so crazy so yeah like the detail into this is crazy like the benches and the and mm. the pedals and stuff and then uh the guests of the wedding are interesting. We have cameos from uh, Stephanie, Stephanie Meyer, Meyer yeah. Melissa Rosenberg, producers Whit Godfrey, and co-producer Bill Bannerman. Yeah. They're all yeah. just like looking at her like, there she goes. And, I'm, and you're just like, oh, is she supposed to know who these people are? Yeah. Like, like there's this moment that they went, Condon went out of his way to like, I want Bella to have a moment where she locks eyes with Stephanie Meyer and they have this moment. And um it's kind of from a writer from a as a writer I can kind of like oh that's kind of moving like you know like watching your creation walk down the aisle yeah. but then yeah like from Bella's perspective is this like does she know on a primal subconscious level that that's that's god right right or is this just the lady that ordered that pie that one time in the diner yeah uh apparently they all worked out backstories while they were waiting for filming like oh. amongst themselves they were like oh like cuz apparently Wick Godfrey had been in one before as like a cop Mm. So it's like, oh, I'm a deputy at Charlie's station and like, you're my wife. And like the Rosenberg and Godfrey were like, we were Renee's roommates in, in LA. And now we're coming to like, see Bella's daughter. Wow. 
and um the the dress was a uh, carolina herrera dress and just like the, the reveal it is a really there's a lot going on like you have like the lace back yeah um it's it's going just like a uh, uh, uh stewart like it was a collaborative effort designing the dress yeah um alice's dress was like heavily designed by um the actor playing alice <laughs> ashley green I- yeah, I don't. I'll be totally honest. I don't remember her dress because uh, all like I was 20s. focusing on was the was the the gown. The, the, For sure, yeah. No, yeah. It, it, it's a showstopper. Yeah. Um, and the the music is is interesting. So the the wedding vows happen, and then the uh, Condon was like, "Oh, this is the this scene is the perfect bookend to the first movie." of like kind of ending this little arc. Wouldn't it be cool to bring back something from the first movie? So we get the return of flightless bird, American mouth by iron and wine, Oh, which is the, the song they dance to in the, in the gazebo. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that song is only in the movie because Kristen Stewart brought it to Catherine Hardwick. And it was like, I think this is the song that they should dance to. Wow. So it's just like this really cool little like full circle moment. That's great. I love that the thing that I've learned is that they don't hate these movies nearly as much as uh, the press has led us to believe. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think I think at the time, both of them were like, you know, they were so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. (laughs) in interviews and like, you know, the like, you know, Pattinson like ragging on the story and how it doesn't make any sense. Uh Like it was definitely evident. So, yeah, I would like knowing like how hard they worked was, yeah, like you said, like really uh, it was cool to find out. Yeah. So then uh, at the reception. Literally everyone gives a speech. Um, I think every single person at the wedding gives a speech. Yeah. Uh, and they're all con, like yeah. really bad speeches, like super awkward speeches. Yeah, it's great. It's kind of almost like a return to the first movies, like kind of cringy humor. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. The part where Emmett, Emmett's first speech where someone's like, woo, and his little like, oh, I'm a, yeah. I'm a handsome boy. Like, yeah. And then, like, him just being like, uh, I hope you got plenty of sleep because you're not going to be sleeping anymore, huh? And, you're and, and, just like, and just, like, crickets because, like, her dad and her and Charlie her like, just... downs the champagne because <laughs> she just he, – because he, he thinks that Emmett is making a joke about, like, that he's, he's gonna, gonna, she's going to get fucked every night, like, <laughs> get her brains fucked out. Well, <laughs> well you well, know what happens next. <laughs> get ready. <laughs> Uh, uh, Jessica's speech is really good. How she's still kind of like Anna Kendrick, how she still kind of holds a little flame for Edward. Yeah. Like I was the president of Stuco, captain of the volleyball team. It's not a big deal. (laughs) Um, Renee singing a lullaby at Bella. And then you cut to Charlie's face and he's like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Charlie's so good at this wedding. I, I really love how there's never a moment where he accepts it. Yeah. Yeah. Even that even that really little beautiful moment with him and Bella, you can still see he's like, there's something about this is not a good idea. I can just this, tell. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. She's 18. Oh. Yeah. Right. That's crazy. I know. Oh, man. That Anna Kendrick, that joke that she had of like, I wonder if she's going to be showing. And they're like, Jessica, like, oh, come on. Like, she's getting married at 18. Like, why else would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, what's funny about. And she made that joke last movie about herself. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 She was like, they're going to think that I'm pregnant. Like, that's funny. Yeah. Um, like a child, I'm a child bride. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. 
I don't uh, know. The Denali sisters, Esme's like sisters or family. Yeah, that's the that's the cousins from Alaska, right? Yes. Now that is exactly what you were talking about earlier, where this that is something that had been introduced in the books earlier. Yeah. And they were like, oh shit, we haven't introduced the Denali sisters yet. And oh, no. Condon was like, well, I don't want because they're they're apparently they play a lot into part two. Oh. And he was like, well, I don't want to meet them in part two. Let, let's have them come to the wedding. Right. Uh, Maggie Grace from Lost. That's who that is? That's the one that was like, that wolf is here. The one that ate Laurent. Yeah. What was her deal with that? Like, she really I, liked Laurent? He was a I, piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess she thought he was pretty cool. Well, because <laughs> like a- for vampires, they were all pretty. They're all like that. Yeah. And like the Cullens are special for not being like. Well, but like, like, didn't she have brown eyes? Did they have brown eyes? The Alaskan cousins? I thought they did. I think you're right. Yeah. And Lamont had red eyes. Yeah. But then it's like, yeah, Lamont definitely had fucking red eyes. And then he was like, he was going to kill uh, Bella. And they were just like, I don't believe that. I don't believe <laughs> yeah, that. That was great. And I was like, what? I don't believe that. <laughs> yeah. And Bella was like, I mean, I was there and he definitely was going to. That's why the wolves ate him. (laughs) But like Edward says, what's a wedding without a little family drama? Oh, boy. Uh, Like how relaxed he is in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least for the first half. Right. Yeah. Then it's like, yeah, stress town population, too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, okay. So after all that, Edward brings Bella to her wedding gift, which is Jacob. Uh, Right. Yeah, and so Jacob show, shows up on the outskirts of the wedding, mm-hmm. uh, and because like Billy torn- Black and some of the other people were there, and they're like, "Yeah, Jacob couldn't make it because he thinks this is such a shitty idea." <laughs> yeah, um, but he still came, and uh, they dance a little, and then he finds out that she plans to consummate the marriage prior to becoming a vampire, and mm-hmm. is so pissed off all over again. That uh, he stops he, off. He the- once again runs into the woods, crying. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not Jacob's best moment. Um, no, but this was actually the last week of production. Oh, this or the, this was this scene was on the last week of production, and there is this for fun part story. one or for the whole series uh, for the whole franchise. Wow. Oh yeah, they shot this thing mad out of order. Wow. Okay. Like according to Taylor Lautner, like you could be shooting part one before lunch and part two after lunch. Whoa, that's so crazy. Kristen Stewart would go from pregnant to a vampire to getting ready for her wedding. Whoa. Just, yeah. They they have the script on set as like one 220 page volume and kind of like, and the actors would like leave notes for themselves on the script of like, this is what just happened to you, or this is who you're mad at right now. You know, wow. Some, uh, yeah, that's crazy. Wow. wow. But there, there was this cute story that Condon told in the commentary where, so this may well have been Lautner's like last scene as as Jacob. Uh-huh. Um, so like he runs off into the woods and uh, Condon said as soon as they yelled cut, Stuart was wearing like tennis shoes under her gown. And so she like sprints off into the woods after Lautner and is like, Jacob, I changed my mind. <laughs> I choose you. I'm sorry. And it was like her way of breaking the because people were pretty emotional. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, Jacob just continues to be a real sourpuss. He, yeah, he kind of sucks. I mean, I'll be <laughs> honest; like, he kind of sucks. I don't know why anyone is Team Jacob. I think it might be the biggest downside of this series is like it never really feels like a triangle the way that 
it's marketed so much as. Right. Yeah. He's I just... you know is the um is the whole uh again uh, second time we brought up Lindsay Ellis but is the whole Omegaverse thing it, does that come out of this out of out of this franchise the way the Fifty Shades of Grey did? Oh, that's a good point. That could very well be true. Um, you did just remind me though of like you know Phil Tippett Studios. They're back doing the the wolf stuff, um, and they do some really fine work. But God, like that whole book, they're just like yeah. So you can tell that that's the alpha because when you're an alpha, your ears do this, and when you're a beta, your ears do this. And I was like, that's all bullshit. Yeah, none of this is real. Yeah, <laughs> all of that shit is fake. <laughs> Anyway, oh, so, yeah. but, uh, but yeah. And so they are shown off. Mm-hmm. They play Bruno Mars mm-hmm. as they, uh, they head to Rio. Yeah. Which the movie once again, just like, just like when they went to Florida and, and <laughs> when, uh, and when she went to Italy, um, no planes involved. It appears that they just drive to, that they just drive to Rio. <laughs> Yeah, we never in, see in one air- like six hour drive. Like, <laughs> well, we're here. Yeah, yeah. They really cheated us out of Airport Edward. Yeah, they really did. They went out of their way to cheat. I, I'm guessing that they just could not figure out a way to justify it. Right. Yeah. Like, how would this work logistically? Yeah. And they're like, well, you, you know kinda- what? Best we just don't shoot it at all. You get the impression that Edward, not to skip ahead, but that he has access to like private jets. Oh yeah, I mean they're like absolutely loaded. They definitely they definitely, you know, uh live in that world of belief that if you live long enough you're destined to become rich. Right. Like like the Eternals. Yeah. Like there's just there's no way. Like mm-hmm. you're you're going to be rich. Like yeah. Um uh this Rio stuff was actually the first thing they shot. Oh, okay. They started at Rio and then they they shot a little bit in Vancouver, but they actually mostly shot these last two movies in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Mm. Um, and con- it, it, it makes sense that they ended the shoot on the wedding yes because then it feels so. like you're ending on like a big party mm-hmm. yeah the the, the last scene is uh well so the the last scene they filmed was uh, a love scene mm. but it wasn't scheduled that way it was because of weather storm stuff they had to push it back oh interesting so like yeah maybe they were planning on ending with the wedding yeah yeah um, and this is the lapa district Okay, so they, they was, so they you said they actually shot this portion on location. Yes, like okay. the, the the where the the montage of them in Brazil, they really did go to go to Rio, and wow. uh, Conlon was like, "I don't want to shoot in the touristy places. Like, where do the young people actually go? Where do they actually party?" And someone was like, "The Lapa District," and he was like, "Cool," because like I want Brazilians to like watch this movie and be like, "Oh, they're actually at the." That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so. Question about the house that they go to. Please. Uh, so they, they go to this house. Isle de Esme. Yeah. Um, and this is where they're going to have like their like month long honeymoon. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because they're fucking rich and they don't have to work. Um, and, and they're both 18. Must be nice. Uh, <laughs> Can you imagine if Bella like FaceTimed like her, her school friends at one point? Oh yeah, this is the house that it's. Oh yeah, we're on a private island. Oh, but super weird. It's oh, awkward. okay, cool. Oh. I was the captain of the volleyball team, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. So, is this the house from No Time to Die? Whoa, I was. I definitely got No Time to Die vibes, especially from Edward when he's just like traipsing around the island. Yeah. Um. So it's, this is interesting. Uh, I don't. I don't know that it's not. To be honest. Okay. Okay. But 
so apparently uh, a lot of the beer, all the beaches in Brazil are public land. Mm-hmm. There are no private beaches. So there was no like proverbial Nike executive to like pay off. So right. um, they found a house that they liked, but it wasn't close to the beach. So they turned the front yard into a beach. Whoa. They like spent two, however many days, like sanding over the front lawn and making it look like the, it's a beachfront house. And then they just left it there for like <laughs> for forever the, for the lawn to like rot underneath the yeah, weight of all of no. that sand. Yeah, I think cool. they cleaned it. Yeah, okay, because um, I, I, so. I yeah they 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 had done stuff like that in the of like turning the. I think if I'm not mistaken, they built the house, uh, the Cullen house around uh, uh, the river. Oh wow, like the, the set house because like oh it needs to be close to a river. Well, let's just strike it, rebuild it in the right place. Wow, crazy. Okay, so that's what you can do with a big, big budget. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, cool this set. reminded me a lot of the house that that Daniel Craig lives in in uh, mm-hmm. No Time to Die. I think in Jamaica, right? Yeah, Jamaica. Yeah, yeah. Um, his sex shack, right? His sex shack. Uh, so okay, I love that Bella is like having a panic attack about having sex. Yeah, that's a fun scene. I I like it because she's excited, but she's also nervous as hell about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's exactly the kind of anxiety that I feel like someone would have if they had built this moment up. Oh, sure. The way that these two have. I mean, you know, I'm not a couples therapist, but I would argue that it's kind of like the big dragon of their relationship. Mm -hmm. That they put a lot of importance on is like, someday we're going to have sex and it might kill you but it also might be the greatest night of our lives either or <laughs> yeah it's oh, man. it's really when the kind of the oddness of the series hit me because yeah she's like brushing her teeth and splashing water on her arms yeah uh, she's horrified by all the lingerie that alice packed for her right and it's, so much it's, so that she crawls onto the ground and starts like rocking back and forth <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and then just realizes like oh wait I don't actually need any lingerie I'll just like walk outside naked and like yeah that's really the only important thing so and Edward's like oh yeah I'm naked it's, too I'm naked because <laughs> you know this is uh, we've talked a lot about kind of the the old school kind of bygone era sexual politics of this series mm-hmm. and so it's interesting like I I I kind of admire how I can't think of another heroine or even main character. Where, like, they are allowed to be this awkward and nervous about, like, their first time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I love Riverdale and Euphoria and stuff like that. But it's, like, those characters just, like, are yeah. so immediately sexually uh, mature and, like, yeah. know what they're doing. Yeah. And it's, like, she's 18. You know? I, I, that wasn't my I, experience. I will say, I've heard this scene talked up. And I was, like... Oh, like the scene? Yeah, I was a little disappointed in it. I was like, that's it? I, wasn't that all in the trailer? <laughs> like, For sure. Uh, Condon had an interesting concept for it of like, this has been built up. Fans have been waiting for this for years and years, you know? Right. And Condon was like, well, how do I do something that A, lives up to this, B, isn't rated R? Because mm-hmm. even fans were like, make it rated R. Do it. Fucking do it. Show the blood. Show the sex. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if I can like <laughs> chill out. So his his the solution that he came up with, and I guess like the results may vary. Is he's like, oh, what if nothing could compare to the how amazing that is? So what if we 
don't show it. But then we cut to the morning after. Right. And we, we see how the bed's been wrecked. So it's like, oh, they went at it. But then we'll cut back to Bella remembering the night. Right, right. Because he his argument in the commentary was like, your memories of things are more beautiful and magical than how it actually happened. So True. It'll be her, like, you know, you know, feeling her lip and remembering Edward's lip being there. And um, yeah, I get I totally because it is kind of it's, it is sort of a cop out. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had to there was some tricky, like, editing they had to do to keep the PG-13 rating. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, yeah. I can see that. I can see her being like, oh, that's it. Like, yeah, I mean, because I think, yeah, because I mean, you know, you can't have like thrusting in a PG-13. That's exactly what they had to cut. Yeah. Right, right. Um, yeah, you can't have thrusting. I know that. Um, but uh, you can't have horrific birthing scenes, but you can't have thrusting. Um, <laughs> you get a back-breaking childbirth. Oh, God. Um, horrifying. I can't wait to talk about it. We'll get, um, but, but so, um, yeah, I, I, get, really, oh, I get where he's coming from, I think. Mm. I, get, I get the choice. And I do like the morning, the next morning stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that there was. I just wish there was something more than just the the you, like crushing wood thing, <laughs> and that's it. Do you wish there was more Edward and Bella communicating awkwardness, character stuff? Maybe, yeah, maybe. I wish there was just more something. There was something else happening right. there um because because like, even last... just like close-ups of like him like gripping her arm or like mm-hmm. you know no thrusts you don't need right. to have thrusts to know what they're doing you know right. um and and so like it was just like it was over so fast i was like i was like and, oh <laughs> yeah oh that's it uh okay <laughs> yeah the last yeah. time i really was like riveted by sex scenes and i don't know if you've had the chance to watch this yet is uh, normal people on hulu um, Which and one that's is a, that? It's the one where it's like they're both Irish and sad. And oh no, I have not yeah. seen that. Right, uh, and that has kind of exact, and that, that's a weird thing to compare it to because I think normal people is like the new benchmark of like you know intimacy coordination plus like sex showing character of them two like oh blah 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 showing the awkwardness of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's weird how we kind of don't we leave them so suddenly, Edward and Bella. Right, right. The next morning. Oh. Yeah. Um, and they have their first uh, kind of miscommunication. Uh, uh, Rosenberg, once she was writing it, was like, Breaking Dawn's less about teen love and more about these two characters learning these really adult problems like marriage and communicating with your spouse about sex and mm-hmm. starting a family. Mm-hmm. And so we get that scene where Edward falls back into his guilt right, about the bruises she's left on Bella. Right. She's like, I don't care. I absolutely don't care. That yeah. was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a monster. Yeah. And obviously that's where the Fifty Shades of Grey fanfic started was from that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Stuff, I guess so. That, that element mm-hmm. of this. Yeah. Um, another franchise that we're destined to cover in the future. There's I'm sure. three of them. Yep. Hey, they didn't cut that one in, in two. No, because the second one made so much less money than the first one. Oh, got it, got it. That got they it. were like, well, we're only making one. Ooh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, in and out. Ayo. 
I really, I really like that Edward and Bella scene where they like talk it out. Like, yeah, they don't, they don't run away. They're like, you know, and they reach that imbev like, oh, cool. Like, no, it was the best night of my whole existence. Yeah. 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 And then we get the honeymoon montage of them running around the island, playing chess, running around the island, playing chess. Cliff diving. Yeah. Yeah. That was nuts. They had to rig cameras on cliffs to capture that. Wow. Wow. They had to have like stunt riggers. Wow. Um, yeah. And I like the detail that Alice packed all of Bella's clothes to explain why the clothes that she's wearing are uh, not in character. You yes. know, like yeah, that, yeah. in that cliff diving scene, she's wearing like this white, very tiny, low cut bikini. Mm-hmm. And you're like, and you're like never in a million years would Bella own that, let alone but, wear it. But Alice it the would be only like, thing she had. But Alice would know that, oh, Bella would look great in this. I'm going to get it and pack it for her and she can find out. Yeah. And also she's like, ah, she'll be a lot more confident when she's a vampire. So she should, she should, <laughs> she should get used to wearing shit like this. Condon compared this whole sequence to JFK and Jackie O at Martha's Vineyard. Oh, yeah, this sure. Almost kind of like American royalty. Yeah, I could see that. That's kind of a cool vibe to put on this. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and interesting because uh, uh, she would later on uh, play British right. royalty. <laughs> right. From the director of someone who did a, a Jackie O movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's so cool. So, yeah, I think, I think this being a part one. And by the way, the theatrical cut of this is under two hours. Yeah. Both um, of them are. Both of them. Yeah. They're really able to live in Rio and live in the honeymoon and not like speed through it and yeah. like, have all these small moments. Yeah. No, it's good. It's what it's what you want from this. Like, I don't want an elaborate action sequence from this series. Like, this yeah. is what I want. Yeah. That's not what you go to a Twilight movie. Right. Right. Totally. You so. go for the passion, the romance. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, this is a hundred day shoot for both parts. That's not bad. Yeah. 15 and 50. That's, uh, yeah, that's like, yeah. A, that's only a little, that's like, that's like not quite four months. That's nothing yeah. for two mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. I was pretty impressed by that. Wow. All right. Good on you, Bill Condon. <laughs> um, and everybody else, but you know, sure, sure, sure. Pre organize it. Like um, so, okay. So after all of that, um, it turns out that uh, 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 Bella is uh, sick with uh, Pregante. Um. <laughs> uh, so, have we gotten past the the second the the second love scene where Edward has like, "I'm hesitant, I don't want to," and uh, Bella's like, "Fucking, I'm begging you." Yeah, right. And they have, Please. and then because I think it's kind of implied that it was that encounter, if you will, that resulted in the pregnancy oh really i don't know maybe that's me reading oh yeah i thought it was because she says later she was like how long was it since the the honeymoon started since the wedding and he's like 14 days which is a weird way to say two weeks um very edward way to say two weeks (laughs) yeah a fortnight (laughs) Uh, (laughs) only a fortnight bella (laughs) and uh and then she was like yeah i'm late and so i i assume it was the it was the it was the first time God, they were there for a long time. Yeah, I know. It's a hell of a hell of a honeymoon. A honeymoon so long that he had to like go hunt. <laughs> yeah, he was like, oh, he boy. was like, I gotta eat. Like, 
<laughs> I haven't uh, eaten in two weeks. Have we gotten to this part where she like has her weird like chicken and peanut butter lunch? Yeah, where it's like, <laughs> where it's like chicken, peanut butter, and like like a Trix yogurt or some shit. <laughs> um, and I'm, yeah. I was surprised that the fridge was stocked. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, it was stocked weird. Like, why was the chicken? Why was yeah. the chicken unpacked and in tin foil, in a little pot? In a little pot, but like raw, right? Very strange. Yeah. But definitely uh, a fridge stocked by a vampire. Yes, this is what humans do: chicken uh, and yogurt and peanut butter. Yeah, she's like, I guess. I mean, I do like all three of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what did you think about that scene where Bella? I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but where Bella was like eating all those eggs. And or she was like really hungry, and she has this moment where uh, Bella's like, "Who knew being human could feel this good?" Oh, maybe oh, there I... was a maybe the, maybe this was an extended scene. And, and oh, it might have been. I don't remember this at yeah. all. Yeah, there's like a scene where she's like, "Whoa, like sex, eating, being alive is great." And Edward's like, "Yeah, we've you... been trying to tell you that <laughs> since the first movie." Exactly. Yeah, and it's for the first time she starts to enjoy being a human. Oh, oh man, that's good. I like that. I wish I was in the theatrical, but mm-hmm. I don't. I yeah, I don't remember seeing it. Got it. What what style eggs is she eating? Like scrambled. Yeah, it's always scrambled in a movie. <laughs> no one knows how to make a an over easy. Well, it's because over easy eggs look like shit. Remember, remember uh, in uh, uh, Dawn of Justice when he's making those fried eggs and like, oh right, yeah, they they look like shit because they're like we can't they can't be hot. None of this it, this isn't a real stove, so it's just like this like plastic toy egg. Yeah, but the scrambled eggs like you can cook them and then they still look the same cold. So right, yeah, as opposed look, to a fried egg which does not look the same cold. Yeah, that plate yeah. could be on there for like 2 hours and it, it would look the same. Yeah, right. So, yeah, it's always scrambled eggs. Um anyway. So, yeah, the throw up, she she vomits. Mhm. Uh the the help is like, "Uh, oh. yeah, who the fuck are these people? Why are they so I, weird?" I love that they managed to sneak in like, "Oh no, they have housekeepers too." Yeah, that was, and also uh, they're terrified of them, but they do still work for them. Yeah, and there's going to be zero explanation as to where they come from or how they know that they're vampires. That, if I'm if I'm Edward, if I'm Carlisle, right? Because who knows who's like really bankrolling all of this? You know, right? If I'm if I'm them, I'm like, hey, uh, Gustavo, uh, Maria. Apparently, the female uh, uh, domestic worker is like a really famous like Brazilian stage actor. Hmm. Um, but anyway, I would be like, Hey, look, we're vampires, but vampires are real. I will pay you <laughs> BTW, like, BTW. Yeah. <laughs> I will pay you double every year. I will pay you more each year that you work for us. If you just never tell anybody that we're vampires. Oh, that's good. That's a good way it. to keep someone's loyalty where it's just like guarantee. Yeah. Double every year, every year. Cause we're yeah. rich. Yeah. And also keeping a secret's hard. Yeah. And it can be easier for Edward to be like, hey, I'm a vampire, but I'm a special kind of vampire. I only hunt deer and porpoises or whatever is out here. Yeah. Like, I haven't eaten a human since, like, Frank Frankenstein was in theaters. (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, Yeah. we have to carry out the bed, like, chunk by chunk. Yeah. Oh, boy. And, like, they call them monsters. Right, yeah, because when she finds out that Bella's pregnant, she's like, what did you do to her? Mm-hmm. Death. 
Wait, did you uh, the version that you watched? Did it have subtitles in that scene? Yes. Oh, there's no subtitles in that on the Netflix version. Whoa! So that's I crazy. just thought I just thought we were watching it from the perspective of Bella, and like okay. there were no subtitles, and it's like she doesn't know what's going on, so we're not supposed to know what's going on either. Yeah, so. Oh yeah, no, there's hello subtitles. I mean, it's all very you can probably gather it. She's like, what did you do to her? She's you've given her death. Like she's gonna die. Yeah. Okay. Then, I mean, everybody yeah. fucking can't stop saying that shit the rest of the movie so i think it's fine that it didn't start with her for me that's true (laughs) and then they go back right they go back to forks yeah they go back to forks secretly while telling charlie that she's gonna go to like the swiss alps oh my god yeah my favorite line in the movie is like dad don't freak out but i'm going to a medical facility in switzerland it's more of a spa the fuck you are like what what the (laughs) i'm coming no by the time you got here i'd probably feel better it's fine what Remember me as I was. Yeah. Ah, I can't wait for the next movie where like Charlie finds out that they're vampires and that he has a granddaughter that's a vampire, half vampire hybrid thing. I don't remember if that happens or not. What? I don't have a a clear memory of him like finding out anything. Oh my God. There's a part where during the wedding speech, Charlie's like, and if you do anything, like I'll hunt you to the ends of the earth and fucking kill you. And I was like, where's that story? Wow. She, he has to know, right? Because like, is he just never going to meet his granddaughter? Because his granddaughter like ages really fast. I'm pretty sure that there is going to be a scene where he learns. I just, I just don't remember what happens. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. God. Man. It'd be pretty great (laughs) that the series ends and he's just like on his rocking chair with his like vitamin R. Yeah. Man, I I can't believe there's only one more that you still watch. (laughs) Right. It kind of feels like I I, man, I keep thinking about like the MTV series version of this. Yeah. Oh, my God. I I forgot to mention this er earlier, but my favorite part of the opening bits of this is when Bella's in her room and she just starts looking at things around her room and touching them. And just just like just like Mm -hmm. Dignan being like, we really did it, huh? Really, really did it, huh? (laughs) Just like. You're 18. Oh, you're you're 18. This whole scenario has taken a year of your life. <laughs> yeah. You are an act one of your life. <laughs> oh, man. I just thought that – I just thought that was so funny, her just, like, reminiscing. And then going to bed in that room as if she doesn't go to sleep there, like, every night. <laughs> right. Uh, but that's, uh, that's, that's pretty uh, – that's kind of how I was looking back is when I was about to graduate high school or – I wasn't getting married – but yeah, I remember being like, oh, my childhood room. Yeah. Oh, if I, I'd be going there like once a year for the next like 10 years. Yeah. Oh, man. Not a big deal. Yeah. God. <laughs> oh, um, so we have this one scene that's interesting where uh, the wolves are playing soccer on the beach and uh, we learn about what imprinting is. Yes. Where Leah's like, God, just to imprint on someone would be so sweet. I'm so alone. Yeah. And Jacob's like, no, it sucks. You wouldn't be your own person anymore. Right. And Leah's like, yeah, you're really independent now. <laughs> right. You're like captain of your own sails. It's really good. Um, I, I love how much she gives him shit. Like, I think yeah. it's a lot of fun. And the imprinting thing, it continues to be muddled, though, because yes. it continues to be very romance heavy in the movies. Mm-hmm. 
of like, oh yeah, these this is my romantic life mate forever. I agree with you. Uh, yeah. uh Rosenberg said uh like explicitly said that like uh imprinting is not inherently romantic or sexual. It is just a really close, almost spiritual bond between two people. And I'm like, fair enough, but like every time we see imprinting in the series, it's romantic partners. Right. Right. With, with the wolves. Right. You don't show and, us anything else. So Yeah. And so we'll get into the scene itself when it happens, but like I agree with you. I think it's I don't know if it's less muddled in book form, but it was certainly muddled in the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um so okay. So all of this um you know, we get we go we go through a sort of um gauntlet of emotions with this baby. Uh yeah. where Edward's like, we have to kill that that thing. Uh, hmm. And everyone except everyone is on board with that, except for Bella and Rosalie, of all people. Yeah. Rosalie is like very pro-life in terms of this kid. Uh, yeah. Alice keeps calling it a fetus mm-hmm. and Rosalie keeps correcting her. And like, it's a baby. Yeah. It's a living child. Really interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting to see her defending Bella or on the same page with Bella after all this time. Well, it makes sense, right? Because like Rosalie says, her whole thing is that she's mad at Bella for giving up a mortal life. And you have to imagine one of those things that she's so upset about is the fact that she can't have a child. Right. Yeah. And so she's probably seeing this and being like, are you guys fucking kidding me? One of us is able to have a kid and you're, you want this to not happen. Yeah, this is a miracle. Yeah. We should be protecting this child. Right, right. And she's one of the only ones who I think doesn't feel the way that Edward feels about the whole soul scenario. So, like... Right, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, like, I don't think that she feels like we don't have souls. I feel like she's like, no, I mean, look at us. Like, we're cool and we're nice. (laughs) And, like, we made a decision to, like, stop killing people, go against our nature. That is, like, the definition of having a soul. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Carlisle's whole thing was like, can a vampire lead an enlightened existence? And what is enlightened if not like connected to quote God? You know, right. In the romantic sense. Right. Totally. Um, and so like it makes perfect sense that she would be on that side of things because she's mm-hmm. so pro mortality. Of course she would be pro children. And like I know that it's like um, a lot of people use this as like a pro life Mormon sure. like, thing, you know. which I I understand where they're coming from, but at the same time, it's not like it's not all laid out and justified in character with like the way that everyone is. You right. Know? Like, yeah, at no point in the movie are they taking a larger social stance. Right. It's very much centered on what's happening to us right now. Right. You have basically have to go like four metaphors deep to get to like a pro-life <laughs> message, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's like, it's like, I don't know that all of those things are there. Like, I think like, you're reading into that because you know that Stephanie Meyer is Mormon. Right. Yeah. And like, it's, it's a weird, this whole movie is weird. Yes. And crazy, but I don't think it reaches like, I don't think that's an aspect of it is like, right. I don't think it's this forced pro-life message. Yeah. I, I don't think Juno is. I agree. Um, and then we get Bella's uh, CGI gaunt body. Yes. So, uh, and for the rest of the movie, yeah, the character of Bella is essentially a visual effect. Yes. Uh, Condon compared it a lot to uh, a movie that had just then recently come out, uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. similar. Mm-hmm. Where you're, you're using digital artistry to like, like almost like makeup, just make the character appear 
yeah. um, like gaunt and, and unhealthy and stuff. Now, was this her on set all the time or was it a mixture of like her and a body double? Was it like a was it like a her face superimposed over a body double like it was in Captain America? So or was it like a lot of mixture of things depending on the scenario? It's like so it's like 90 percent when, when when she's like on the on the in the living room with everybody. That's all Kristen Stewart. OK, that's Kristen Stewart acting with some makeup and then also just like communicating tired and, and, and dying and broken. Yeah. And then with CG kind of augmenting like the, you know, making her appear hollow. So that way she didn't have to, God forbid, like, you know, diet anymore. Yeah. And create an unhealthy looking body. They could right. just Well, and, and they literally couldn't do that shooting it back to back and going from part one to part oh, two. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. From morning to afternoon, you know, like you just, right. you, can't, you couldn't do that. It's not Castaway, where it's like, okay, go off and become a different body type, and then I'm going to go make another movie in the meantime, and we'll come, we'll <laughs> right, circle yeah, back. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. So, uh, but however, as we go on into the movie, they would eventually create um a Bella doll Ooh. that is like really lifelike, and but they ended up. Colin said they actually it looks incredible. It's 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 uncanny. It it's creepy. It looks like you know a, a emaciated Kristen Stewart. Not the only creepy doll that they would exactly, use. Yeah. <laughs> but they ended up not even using the front of it that much because Stuart was able to just do it on her own. Mm. Um, but the big time they use the puppet or the doll is like when the back cracks and sure. there's a part where Edward catches the back of her head and mm. that's the doll. So they could really have it almost hit the floor. Yeah. Okay. And then we'll get into all the stuff they did during the birthing scene. Okay. Okay. So, so yeah, so she is gaunt because this baby is basically like sucking up all of her nutrition. Yes. Um, she needs so much more nutrition than Bella is able to provide. Right. Right. Um, and I kept, we were watching this and Bethany and I just kept making comparisons to old. Oh yeah. Yeah. There was like a lot, there's like a weirdly, a lot of, a lot of old yeah. in this This movie. kind of becomes a body horror movie in the last hour. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Kind of? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Uh, the werewolves find out about the baby yes. and everything. And they're like, okay, we're going to have to kill Bella because we got to kill that thing. And the best thing we could do right now is uh, kill it while it's inside her. So yeah. we're not going to be able to control the baby because newborn vampires are crazy. Right. Um, this was known, uh, to Phil Tippett's, uh, wolf people as scene 92, AKA mm. the, 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 um, the lumberyard scene. Yeah. They came to the producers of the movie and they're like, Hey, we think you can save a lot of money and effort. If you let us pre and plan this scene, we've been working on these wolves for like three movies. Now we kind of see this as like a challenge of getting, the, it becomes an animated movie for like three minutes. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the wolves telepathically communicating to each other? Um, I won't say that I liked it, but I will say that it felt a little bit like par for the course. For sure. <laughs> in, in the, in the catalog of weird things that happen in these movies. Right. It's not the weirdest thing. No, I was like, yeah, all right. I guess that makes sense. And then like later they justify it where they're like, oh, they can communicate that way because they're a pack. And when yeah. you leave the pack, you can't communicate telepathically mm -hmm. with them anymore. Like real wolves. Yeah. Just like real wolves. <laughs> um, yeah. I, like, yeah. Like it's, it's goofy how they like deepen everyone's voices. Yeah. But like, I think it's a cool moment for Jacob. 
Yeah, it is. Um, but again, it just like plays into that whole fake alpha, alpha. beta, omega yeah. situation, mm-hmm, sure. um, which is all bullshit uh, and not real science. Um, I am the grandson of a chief. Yeah. Uh, and, and also like not for nothing, but like if he if, if any of that was true, he fucking cowered to Jacob. And so, oh yeah, doesn't that uh, like doesn't that mean the whole pack has to follow Jacob at that point? Like, oh, you showed him your you 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 flinched. Yeah, you flinched, you little bitch. Yeah, yeah, Seth or Sam. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I don't know. I don't know about. I don't know about all that. But um. Apparently, but I, but I like stuff. I like all this werewolf stuff coming to a head. I think that that's right. a lot of fun. I really, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like how personal it is. I like how the stakes are very easy to understand. You know, it's not following one villain, his villain's revenge over the course of three movies and then abruptly ending it, you know, like, right. Yeah. It's a yeah. whole other side of the world that don't like the Cullens, but they have their own stuff going on. Yeah. I, 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 I really like this. I will be. I will say that Breaking Dawn Part 2 is going to be hard-pressed to improve upon this, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, for me. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Me too. I'm excited to... I remember very little of it, like I said earlier. Yeah. Um, which might not be a good sign. Um, we get Edward <laughs> Edward recreating the scene from the first movie where Bella is Googling vampires, and he <laughs> starts Googling vampire children. <laughs> that was insane. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing Googling this? And it's all the same shit. It's like it's like the same uh, yeah. collection of artists, but drawing vampire children now. <laughs> it was pretty great. Oh, my God. Yeah. See, the idea that he would have to use Google to find out if he can have babies or not. Yeah. Like, yeah. what? what have you been doing this whole time? How would that not be the... The only thing that I liked about it, though, is it had like real like searching my symptoms on WebMD. That's true. Yeah, kind of feeling. Oh fuck! 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, how's this gonna turn out? Yeah. Oh no, I knew it. <laughs> yeah, it's cool seeing Edward off balance and like lost for a change. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. I really like that. Um. But yeah, so now now uh, Jacob is like hanging out with the with the Cullens, and he's like, yeah, you know, he's got two partners in crime who followed mm-hmm. him after he bailed. Right, they were like, no, I think you're right. You're right. You are the chief's ki- like kid or grandkid or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, we should absolutely be following you. Of course, Leah's so, like, I can't hang out with my ex boyfriend anymore. Right. So, uh, so he's like hanging out with the Cullens. He's there with the the other two to like protect Bella. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like hanging out one night and she's like, you know, skin and bones and mm-hmm. is like shivering. And he's like, I got this. I've got one Ugh. job. Yeah. <laughs> I keep you warm. And so she like, he like does that. And then Edward's like, oh, Jacob had a great, had an interesting idea. And he was like, I mean, it was a snide comment that I was thinking and not saying out loud, Edward. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, that's so cool. Cause yeah, like, you know, that he can read minds and yeah. And he's like, he's like, I was like, I was trying to keep that to myself. There's a reason I didn't say it out loud. I thought it, but I didn't say it. I'm trying to grow as a person. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> great. And he's like, oh, what did he think? And he was like, he was just, he's, he thinks that it's, uh, that the baby is just waiting to sink its teeth into something. And they're like, oh, blood. 
That's it. Yeah. And then there's this great thing. He's like, I've got some O positive blood that I keep on, on, you know, I keep in the back for Bella if she ever needs it. You know, I'll I'll mm-hmm. go get it. And then there's and then there's that moment, the, the fucking Jasper slow head turn of like <laughs> what blood you say? <laughs> Human blood? <laughs> and, and I was just like, uh, why don't you uh come with me into the hallway and we can talk? Yeah. I think Jasper has two lines in this. Yes. Oh man, forgot about the fucking bachelor party. What? Oh, that was amazing. What did those three do together? Yeah. So, re- listeners, rewind way back to the beginning. Yeah. There's a part where Edward's like, oh, I'm a killer, Bella. I'm going to be a killer. And then Emmett's like, hey, enough of that. Bachelor time. <laughs> it's bachelor party time, you little piece of shit. And so they like wrestle Jasper and Edward and they kind of like, ah, fuck you. And then they like run off into the night to do <laughs> God knows what. Um, I don't know. Like maybe they went old school and just went to a strip club. That's incredible to think about. <laughs> I hope they just didn't go hunting. I I feel like they just they like they like skinny dipped and just like ran through the woods. Right. Yeah. Just like real weird vampire shit. Yeah. I don't know. Made, made love one last time. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like to think happened. Oh man. I've uh <laughs> I was thinking, I think I think Emmett Callan let's walk so that Jason Momoa could run. I think you're right about that. I think he's the blueprint. Yeah. God. Oh, man. Could you imagine if J- Jason Momoa had been young enough to play Jacob in these movies? Oh, wow. That would have been crazy. Oh, my God. I almost think he could have played Emmett. Yeah, he could have played. Yeah, if, if Stephanie Meyer allowed brown people to be the Cullens. To play the, the, play the Yeah. 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 Um, then maybe he could have, uh, but Ooh, no, 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 but otherwise, um, yeah, yeah. But it's really cool just seeing them bounce off each other. It really feels like for the first, yeah, everyone just feels really alive in those scenes where they're all just like, okay, how do we solve this problem? Yeah. And so they, uh, they pour a bunch of blood in a blood packet into a cup with a lid <laughs> so she could suck it through a straw. Mm-hmm. And Jacob is like, I'm going to throw up. Uh, and, and she drinks it and she's like, oh, this is actually really good. Like, it's really good. Like it tastes good. Uh, and they're like, oh, thank God. Cause they were like, maybe this will make it more palatable if you could just shoot it down your throat with a straw. Um, and she's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to coat the entire inside of my mouth with blood. Yeah. It's like dripping off her teeth. (laughs) It's, it's kind of a, a sign of things to come. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. And so. She starts drinking the blood and it's it's sustaining the baby and hmm. everything seems to be fine. And there's like this really great scene where Jacob walks in on um, Ella and uh, Ella <laughs> and Edward and Bella um, hmm. sort of like goofing around and being just like a, a, a goofy, yeah. like young in love couple on the couch, which is a really hmm. cute scene, I think. And he's real grumpy about it. But, you know. Damn, their natural chemistry. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and in that scene, Edward reads the baby's thoughts, which is, I think, the coolest use of his powers, honestly. Yeah, it's a really cool moment where he's able to be like, oh, no, like, he's happy. Right. He's he's a And it's like in the moment where he finally feels connected to the baby because he's like, yeah. fucking kill it. Yeah, yeah, because he's like, oh, I can hear its thoughts. It's a real it, thing. It exists. It's like you. It's not like me. Yeah, yeah. So... It's uh, it's it's nice. It's a cool yeah. moment, and I like it as like a a metaphor, especially for guys, because I think it's so easy for guys to be like, 
super thrown by a pregnancy and sure. unprepared for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas usually by the time, by the time, at least, you know, I, I don't know from personal experience. I know more from like what I see in movies and shit. <laughs> but like from that stuff, it's sure. always like the, the girl, the woman finds out first, mm. sits on it for a while, processes it, then tells the guy. And that he's freaking out, and she's like, "You know, that's not really fair to me." And it's like, "You haven't given it. You had like th- like three days to process right, this." Yeah, you know. And it's and it, I'm sure it takes longer for it to feel real because right. it's nothing's really happening to your body. Right, right, right. So I like this as like a metaphor of like accepting fatherhood. You know, right, yeah. Like it's it's, it's kind of cool. It's when he's like, "I'm I will die to protect this baby." Like this is I love it. And this yeah, is definitely yeah. the most I've been like team them as a couple. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's all they had to do was get married. <laughs> she was right. <laughs> she was right the whole time. <laughs> Hashtag Bella was right. Um, so, so yeah, so Jacob, uh, goes out, he distracts the pack so that, right. um, team Colin can, uh, go get more human blood and also hunt because they're right. like, we've got to be at full strength for yeah, we this werewolf fight long. that's yeah. inevitably happening. Yeah. Um, and, and they're out of blood to feed Bella. So like, they gotta, they gotta take care of business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he distracts them and, uh, they're real pissed off about that, which is fun. Um, and then Bella's like, I thought of names for the baby. If it's yes. a boy, I'm going to call it EJ for Edward Jacob. And I'm like, what? That is legitimately the worst name I've ever heard. <laughs> both, both of them. Yeah. Well, EJ and Edward Jacob are both horrible names. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can't, you can't call them J E, but Jacob Edward is a way better, like flowy name. Jacob Edward. Jacob Edward. Yeah. That's a real name. Jacob Jacob Edward Edward Cullen feels like a real name. Edward Jacob Cullen does not feel like a real name. Yeah. And EJ Cullen certainly doesn't. And like the Bella's like her face, like I'm going to name it EJ. Like it's the most honor. Like, right? This yeah. makes everything better now, right? You guys read Deathly Hollows, right? What? You guys read that epilogue? <laughs> she names her kids after all of his all of his favorite people. Yeah, like Snape. Yeah. <laughs> EJ, you're named after two of the only men I've been romantically interested in. <laughs> the one I had sex with and the one I never did. <laughs> and then her uh, second idea, if it's a girl, is Renesme because her mom her mom was Renee but then Esme Cullen. Right. And it's one of the most realistic parts of the movie when every everyone is just like that fucking sucks. That's yeah. Renesme. What do you think about the name Renesme? Um I am weird and I like old fashioned sounding names like sure. big like with a lot of syllables and like mm-hmm. I don't know like big flowery like old, yeah, like yeah. like like 1920s sounding names um i'm i'm kind of into it so like i don't it doesn't bother me the way that it bothers a lot of people it's definitely Uh, on brand yeah yeah um it feels gothic and larger than life romantic kind of vibe so like Like, it doesn't bother me it's like like, it reminds me of like cordelia you know like that's yeah 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 it's like nicole no offense to any nicole's out there but you know if it had just been like a name Right. Like they're too extra for that. Yeah. And I like you could shorten it and just call her May. Yeah. You know? Uh uh, uh Jacob comes up with a really fun nickname. Oh that good. We'll, 
find out in the next movie. Oh, that's exciting. Um, yeah, so it doesn't bother me, but for sure, I, I I get that some people just have an aversion to those kinds of names. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, filled with meaning. But it definitely it definitely sounds made up without a doubt. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, she would be the only Renesmee in her class, and then she drops her blood cup and right. snaps her back in half. Yeah, and it's horrifying. It is fucking horrifying. The rest of this movie. Bethany was just cringed up into a little ball. Right. Yeah. Barely able to watch the screen because it is just body horror to like the nth degree for, especially for a PG 13 movie. Yeah. And you know, again, this had been something that fans were ravenous to see. Yeah. They were like to going up to con and like, do not dumb this down. Show us the blood. We want the blood. Yeah. And the, the the impasse or the 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 decision that Condon came to because he was like how the fuck am I going to shoot this yeah the book the book is insane apparently the book like torrents of blood just shoot out of her mouth and like people get like drenched in blood and it's just and he's like how am I going to bring this to life and so he resorted back to a rule that was as old as the first chapter of the first book mm. he would focus on Bella's POV yeah. He was like, we'll just really focus it on her. Like you're almost like you're in her POV and that way everything is happening and it's really happening. Edward really does go down there and do what has to be done, but you're not going to see it because Bites Bella that baby out of Bella. Yeah. Just choose his way out. Um, but you don't have to see that because um, Kristen Stewart. And so, so the way they had did this is really interesting. So um, she was hooked up to like a gurney or a hospital bed, right? So head and shoulders, that's – and waist, I think. No, I don't even think waist. Head and shoulders, that's Kristen Stewart. But she's like laying down and everything else is like a body and like a, a, a doll. Oh, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Because there's this part where Edward has to give her like resuscitate her chest and really has to get in there because yeah. like, you know, suddenly people break ribs in real life. when Right. Right. Um, so Stewart just was sat in there for hours and Condon was just – everyone was just really blown away by her commitment she was like Colin was like she should be an action star mm-hmm. because she just really dove into it and really stayed in there and there's like footage of her just being like let's go let's go because like i'm there i'm I'm here and because she, she has to communicate so much pain yeah yeah it's it's she would be really good as like an action movie star but i think she has very little interest in being one right charlie's angels the, right right like she gave it a shot with that and right and she's so good at you know, character dramas and stuff right, like that. Right. But, right. but yeah, so this, it's insane. And like, you know, it's all really, if, I mean like the, 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 the scalpel. Yeah. Like that's nuts. Yeah. The, the, uh, 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 Rosalie getting like her hand covered in blood and starting mm-hmm. to freak out a little. Yeah. It's a shit show. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's, it is, it is a shit show, uh, in like the best way. Um, yeah, it's just so unlike anything that's been in the series so far. I love it. I absolutely yeah. loved it. I think it's I think it's re- done really, really well. Um, it, and it's just it's so fucked up. And then like. Uh, uh, baby's born. Renesmee is born. Um, you know, Rosalie takes it away, cleans it up, I assume mm-hmm. with her mouth. Um, so apparently the baby on set was being a real stinker. Uh-huh. At, at first, and then at some point, Pattinson was like, it realized that it was covered in syrup. 
Oh. And it started to kind of like suck in on its own finger. And that really calmed it down. Aw. And Pattinson was like, I don't know if he should have been introduced to sugar this early, but <laughs> it it helped us out. That's great. <laughs> um so uh so yeah, so then Rosalie is sitting out in the living room with the baby. Jacob is like, the wolves are coming. They heard that that they saw me crying, and so they're like, Oh, <laughs> Bella must be dead. So now is our time to come in and kill this baby. Yeah. Um, and so he comes in, he's like, No, I'll do it myself. Yeah, tricks him. He tricked well, well, yeah, but does he? Because after right. Bella's dead, he comes in there and it seems like he is determined oh, to kill the baby. I'm thinking about post imprinting imprinting. That's the same Right, thing. right. So he's then, he goes in there to kill a baby. Right. And then makes eye contact with the baby and instantly, instantly imprints. Instantly falls in love. Yeah. Yeah. So again, and, but but I think please. I think this imprintation sequence. Okay, yeah. The way that it's done, I think that it's it's muddled. Because they hire a very pretty actress to play future Renesmee. Right, Mackenzie and, Foy. Right. Okay. So so yeah. So like hire this this actress to play future Renesmee of like as like a 17, 18 year old. Right. Whatever. And and that's what his where his mind goes. And so he's thinking about that. And it's like in that makes it like what seem, else are we supposed to take from that? Right. It makes it seem very creepy. Like it makes it seem like, oh, I'm gonna imprint on this baby because she's gonna be super hot later. Yeah, like so the visual language is like he sees this baby, right? And then it's like, oh, but someday she's gonna be this like teenage girl running through the woods. Right. And, and it's and the VO is like, you will be her protector, you will be her but like show her show him protecting her as a baby. Right. Show like a baby riding on a wolf's back or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like my thought process, like you could very easily make this him seeing her and it being like a like a oh my god, like I get the to future. Like this, like if I am here to protect her, this is what she'll grow into. This young woman who's like has a whole life ahead of her and behind yeah. her, and like it's like show I, yeah, like like show middle aged Jacob watching Renesme graduate right or like stuff that yeah because like it's just her running through the woods which has been communicated in the series as romantic right and so yeah it just looks like he would call dibs on a baby right it totally it absolutely does um, and edward's reaction to the imprint doesn't help things either because he is pissed yeah yeah he's like you just imprinted on my daughter that means right. r- romantic stuff right yeah it, it yeah it's like again it's characteristic of this the series because the series is just like nothing but crazy decisions right um and i think it's just another thing that to it's, the outside viewers it also viewers. just doesn't help that like jacob this whole time is just fucking desperate for uh, a shag you know yeah yeah like it's like he's been so shameless of like Bella, we could be happy like at her wedding right that, we that like, the- when this imprinting happens, like, what else are we supposed to think this is yeah. about? Because I get the sense that it's supposed to be maybe almost like, like what, how Hagrid feels towards Harry. Yes. Where, like, I will do anything to protect you because you were friends with my, I was friends, was he friends with Lillian James? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, it's kind of just more like, yeah, like, I, I, I'm going like to look Severus. after you. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. And, you know, 
yeah, it's just the way they choose to communicate it in the movie is just right. how are we supposed to not think that this is like creepy? it's it's it doesn't like it could very easily just be like oh it's like a it's like a Godfather situation right yeah you could just where, say that. yeah where it's like oh yeah like he's like her Godfather yeah show him like walking her down the aisle at her wedding yeah oh man what an easy way to like take the romance out the grossness out of it it's just like flash forward to that. Yeah, and it's like, oh my god, I can be that person for her. Right. That's way better than what I was chasing with Bella that wasn't even real, you know? Right, right, right. And then it allows him to, like, move on and, like, maybe right. have a, a healthy romantic relationship with someone else, you know? Mm-hmm. Just, I, don't know. I don't know if we find out if they end up together when they're both adults. I don't know. Um, I guess we'll find out next week. Ugh, yeah. All but right. it stops the fight. Yeah, it sure does. Because the the one rule that they cannot break is that they can't fuck with another dude's imprint. Imprint. <laughs> the sacred rule of the of the of the wolves. Yeah. Um. Oh boy. Yeah. Um. God, all they had to do to fix the the Quaalude thing it was just like say that they call themselves that but they're not really that that's just what they say because, sure yeah you know like, just be like because like what are we gonna say that we're like a pack of werewolves no so like we say this and like you know it's right not true, yeah like, and they're mad are, at us there are <laughs> but, quaaludes that really are you know i don't know yeah like it just speaks to i think myers and i guess the filmmakers to a certain extent like how they never it never struck them as weird that the, that the quaaludes were like a real people Right. That are still on the on the in the country today doing yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um so, so yeah, so yeah, we do get this like that vamp versus werewolf fight, which was fine. Like it's yeah. a bunch of vampires getting flipped and werewolves getting flipped and <laughs> like they're they're all just getting flipped over each other and then <laughs> it's like that one wrestling move where they like do a, a back a fall on their back. Yeah. Over and over and over, and over, and over again. Um and uh and I think it's kind I of think, a bummer watching them fight after eclipse. Yeah, yeah, it is. But like, did Emmett have to fight the one that he nodded at? Yeah, but you know what? Like fucking uh, uh, the Sam guy's a real piece of shit. Like I don't know. Yeah, he you was know? like, no, the Cullens aren't a threat. We're not going to mess with them. Jacob, calm down. What they had a baby? Yeah, he broke the treaty. Right. Yeah. There's even the part where where uh, they're the, the Carlisle and and Esme are talking about like what should we do? And Jacob's like, look, don't worry about the treaty. Like the treaty's gone and as like not to us right like oh. we're still we're gonna respect it like yeah 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 i'm maybe that's why it's all that's why it's supposed to be all flips because like they're going for blood uh, and the vampires are like no fucking knock it off no we're not gonna kill you <laughs> yeah you assholes <laughs> <laughs> um uh, so bella dies she sure does and that and, was and all what, her too there were uh condon was like she was able to just like be dead for like 90 seconds and like wow. we don't know how she how she did it. Jesus. Um, and then uh, Edward basically ODs her on vamp venom by he just, just bites her up. He fucking he first he shoots her up in the chest. I thought it was adrenaline. It's just vampire venom right in the heart, <laughs> and then uh, just starts biting her all over her body, every space, every place he can go, mm-hmm. and just she just ODs on on vamp. There's this weird thing where. It seems like she's in a coma, and so she can feel the pain of yeah. the vampire venom, but she's not reacting to it on the outside because mm. she's in a coma. 
she's like screaming and whatever, but then the camera pans out and she's like comatose still. Right, right. Um, and it's like the reveal that like, oh, she's not dead. She's comatose. Mm-hmm. Uh, Con really highlighted Carter Burwell's score during this scene of like, yeah, what's happening is really horrific. He's like biting her and there's blood everywhere, but the score finds the love. Right. Of like he's what he's trying doing to save a, her. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying yeah. to save her. I think it's a really, um, I think it's a really well done way to turn Bella into a vampire because the whole move, the whole franchise has been about Bella being like, turn me into a vampire. And Edward being like, no, I don't want to do that. You don't know what that means. And coming up with all of these excuses as to like, well, no, we're not going to. Okay, fine. We will if you agree to marry me. Okay, fine. I will after I marry you. Okay, fine. We'll do it. But after we have sex. And like, and so like, it's just like, he keeps putting it off, putting it off. Mm -hmm. And it's very obvious that he really, really does not want to do this. Right. And so how do you get him to pull the trigger? on it uh, yeah and without like putting her life at stake right exactly and the same thing from jacob's perspective jacob is screaming at him bite her like you have to turn her <laughs> yeah and you're like whoa i never thought this would happen yeah like... and jacob is saying it you know like you yeah. have to turn her and so like it, it's like a really well done way to make this happen and not feel feel inevitable in a way that isn't like necessarily giving Bella what she wants or taking away everyone else's feelings about it. But it's like the situation makes it so that nothing else is possible. This is what has to happen. I I agree. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it portrays any part of like what we've been watching for the past few movies. Yeah. Yeah. Like Edward isn't suddenly like, I would love for you to be a vampire now. Come here. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I like that. He was suddenly British. That was (laughs) good. He totally dropped the character. (laughs) So uh, I really like how the music drops out when she wakes back up. Yeah. And no, everyone like can sense it. It's good. It's also, I love the effect of her slowly inflating. <laughs> yeah. The inflating was, the hair was what got me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, how does hair come back to life? You know? Right. I can't wait to see what she looks like in the next movie. Cause I have no idea. Yeah. What a great last, uh, image of like her eyes opening up and they're just red. Yeah. I can't wait to see how this plays out in the next movie. I'm yeah. I'm like I'm a little bummed that it's almost over, honestly. Like right. I I've really sort of fallen in love with this world a little bit. Um it's really fun. I was like I was anxious about losing enthusiasm as the stakes got higher. Yeah. But yeah, I think the opposite's happened where I've, yeah, like I've been really attached to all these characters. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, again, I have to say, part two is really going to have its its, its work cut out for it um, to be better than this one. Uh, but this is definitely my favorite so far, without a doubt. Absolutely. Uh, uh, what What did you think of the mid credit scene? Oh, right. Um, I like that they are like, hey, this is what the second one's going to be about. Yeah. I like that. But, like, the scene itself is like, eh. Carlisle. Didn't do a lot for me. Which we spelled with an S. Oh. That's, I get it, yeah. That's a fun joke, because he does, but you wouldn't know it. Right. Yeah. Anyway. He doesn't like people who misspell or uh, make grammatical errors. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, it appears like they just, every day they murder their, their secretary. Right. And they have to get a new secretary. Right. 
Well, um, I mean, that's they literally made that joke in New Moon. Right. Yeah. Where they were just like, they're like, yeah, they think they're going to be turning into a vampire. We never do. We never, we never do. Never happens. Never happens. Except Kai. <laughs> Uh, yeah. No. I'm really excited, man. I'm really glad you liked this one. Um, yeah. It feels good to be heading into the final chapter really pumped. Yeah. Um, I guess to kind of close, I found myself watching this and really like, I get it. It's uh, Twilight is really weird and it's not for everybody. Right. But in terms of adaptation and in terms of each movie getting better yeah. and sharper, I just think this is like a really underrated franchise. Yeah. Even compared to like X-Men, which has so many stops and starts and doesn't know what they're doing and has such poor communication sometimes. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You make something for teenage girls and no one's going to respect it, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. You know, it's it's the the toxicity of our society. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It takes took 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I I'm into it. I'm really into this and I'm really I'm really pumped to see the next one. And I'm bummed out that I never I didn't see these two in theaters. Uh, maybe in the future, maybe they'll do like a, a screening. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Uh, in any event, we will be back next week with Breaking Dawn Part Two, the final so far Twilight movie. <laughs> so and far, you never know. Yeah, true. Uh, and we'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening, uh, Scotty. Anything you want to wrap up, plug with? Uh, I don't know. You should go listen to if you like Doctor Who. You should listen to um the Doctor's Companion. That's, Absolutely, that's Nick and I with uh with Cass Fredrickson, past guest of this show, um and future guest. Uh, for sure, we've got them lined up for a for a later uh franchise that we're planning on doing. Um, but yeah, check out uh check out the Doctor's Companion. That is that is our Doctor Who podcast that we've been doing. I've been doing since two thousand nine. Okay, I've been doing since two thousand twelve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, a while. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, just a while. Um, so definitely go check that out because, uh, uh, you know, we, we talked about the last season and then we're going to be talking about the specials throughout this year. Um, so, yeah, you should check that out. We never plug our other shows on this show. So, <laughs> yeah, go check that out. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week with Breaking Dawn Part 2. Bye. Bye. Bye.